It's time for another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Steve. Big show today, Steve. Big show. We're going to do something a little different today as we discuss. Because you know in our pre-meeting, our show prep meeting, up in the conference room, the Core Extra Conference Room, which holds about... 22 people for some reason. At least. Not sure why it holds that many people, but it does. Okay, so today, what we're going to do is we're going to give you three shows in one. We're going to do a studio show. Then we're going to switch into maybe a scary story. And then we're going to. Movie reviews? Oh, we're going to do movie. Yeah, movie reviews. And then we're going to do. um, Then we're going to do pre snap read. So, So usually I try to break these up into different shows and different releases and I think it gets a little confusing uh, when we're going to release it what day we're going to release it and when I say it gets a little confusing that is a code word for <laughs> when I was editing it I fucked it up <laughs> so so whenever you so whenever you say oh it gets a little confusing to people well that means yeah, I that messed means it up. Screwed up yeah I screwed it up that's what that means but so Steve now uh, we have to have a special welcome for Steve. If we had a studio audience, we'd have him applauding because Steve now is a member of the Netflix club. Yes, I am. First time. First time. Finally um, figured it out how to do it. <laughs> finally figured it now out. Now if I can, you can teach me how to use an ATM card. <laughs> if they even have ATMs anymore, see? <laughs> he'd, he'd be all the way in the 21st century. I do century. not have one. Yeah, no, he doesn't have one. No. So if you're out there and you see me on the street, I still carry cash. You know, Steve. Uh, sometimes uh, when I came, I came over his house uh, a couple weeks ago, and he, and he wasn't home, and he was riding his horse down to the post office <laughs> to send a, send a Pony Express mail <laughs> letter. <laughs> Remember, uh, if you guys uh, listen to the show, a couple. I think two years ago, yeah. we were trying to get people to drop us a note at the yeah at the hotel, at the hotel in the little cubby hole. And Steve said, fine, uh, "Bring a note <laughs> to the hotel," and I was like, "Or oh, they could text us or email yeah. us. That'd probably work." The little oh, cubby no. hole behind anybody leave a note for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sixty. So we got uh, so we have a, so I've been telling Steve about this movie to watch on. Netflix. So I'm glad he finally logged on because you watched it the other day, uh, The Blood Red Sky. There is so much to watch on Netflix. You could never, you know, you could just be there all day. Oh, never yeah. leave uh, the place. That's why I'm a fat bastard. <laughs> you know, because they sit there and eat and watch movies now. So, uh, so what yes. Did you, what, Blood, did, what did you think about Blood Red Sky? I thought it was one of the best vampire movies I've seen. And the reason I say that is it was, they knew exactly right away what she was. She oh, was yeah. a vampire. Right away. It wasn't like, like we talked before. You know, they didn't know what she was. They knew exactly what she was. One of our pet peeves in vampire movies is they'll find somebody dead and they'll have two holes on the side of their neck and they'll, and they'll be all pale and they'll say, we can't figure out what this is. Some kind of animal of attacked her. And I'm sitting there like, nope, nope. I know exactly what. If I was in the movie, nope, vampire. I think I know exactly what happened. Yeah, vampire. No blood in a vampire. But Blood Red Sky, if you haven't seen it, it is, it is really, really good. I thought so. Oh, I really enjoyed I mean, it. There were a couple parts that were kind of hokey, but mm-hmm. I won't go into it to uh, ruin it because it's a new movie right yes it just, just yeah. came out either this month or either here in august or in yeah. july no it's it's one of my it, it goes up kind of high on the list mostly for originality for me and yes. the setup is some terrorists want to hijack a basically i'm giving you the basic setup they want to hijack a plane and on that plane is a woman flying from europe to the united states because she can, she wants to get treatment for because we have a, a cure because we have a and cure. We have no yeah. vampires anymore. Yeah, there's no vampires States. in the United States. And she's coming here for treatment. And um, she's not having this hijack situation going on. <laughs> so so she springs into action. But I'm giving you the 
10 second version of the movie but it's so it's fun if you're a vampire fan it's fun to watch yeah it is really good i i i mean there were some scenes in there that i thought were wow you talk about originality it well it's snakes on the plane with vampires okay (laughs) (laughs) but while on movies which is kind of our one of our big topics what you want to see a movie yes i want to see Free Guy, the number one movie in America. Now, there's not many movies out right now, so it's the number one movie in America. Now, when I usually I like to get to the movies beforehand, so I like to watch the previews. And and I I mean it's a pet peeve. I have to be there to see the previews. Oh, I'm same way. Yeah, and uh, I saw the preview for this movie, and when I'm with my girlfriend at the movies, the first thing I always say is "Yep" or "Nope." This was a definite "Nope" to see. Yeah, so anyway, I am a member of the Cinemark uh, Club, which is great. If you ever get a chance, jump in there. It's like nine ninety nine a month, and they give you a free ticket every month. So I think you've been in a couple of those clubs. You know you know what I mean. 20% off food and all that stuff. And uh, they don't ask you if you're a senior. You just punch it in. And 62, but I'm only 60, so I still oh yeah, you know, get the money. So yesterday I went to the movies. It was 8 bucks for me and her. So, but there wasn't, there's not much out right now. So we went to see Free Guy only because the Rotten Tomatoes ranking was very, very high. And so we get there and it was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm impressed. I thought because it's like a video game that I wouldn't get the references. You know, you might see something from, you know, pick any video game Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't understand Mm -hmm. what the. What was going on? But it was really, really good. I mean, um, Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's kind of a goofball to begin with in all his movies. He, he He's a really good actor. Yeah, he really is yeah. good. Um, I like him. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite actors now, especially in um, Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool and um, Green Hornet. Was he in the Green Hornet? No, he wasn't. <laughs> okay, the was Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern. Oh. oh, God. I didn't like that. Oh, no, it was, toy- it was terrible. The Green Lantern. You know, he played Deadpool in that one uh, X. Uh, in the one X- X-Men. Yeah, you know, the right. X-Men movie. He was in there for like a second. You know, the movie, I, now this, this is a different type of movie, but you know, the movie I thought he was really funny in was uh, The Proposal with Sandra Bullock when he plays her, uh, he's like her secretary. And she's from Canada, and I think Canada, and she's going to be deported unless she marries somebody here. So he has to go up to uh, her hometown, which I believe is in Alaska. And Betty White's up Betty there. Betty White <laughs> steals the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was funny in that. He is and, pretty, and, and it's a funny movie. I mean, he's pretty good in all the movies he's in. But Free Guy is uh, is the movie I recommend. I mean, it, it is, it's very funny. I didn't think it was going to be that way, but it's, it was really good. But the previews beforehand mm-hmm. was the previews of uh, the prequel to The Sopranos. Oh, That's really? That's the thing. I, I turned to Lisa and said, uh, we have to get HBO. Oh, oh it's only going to be on HBO? I think it's on HBO. Oh, I didn't know I mean, that. I take it back. I assume because the Sopranos, yeah, when they probably had them under contract for a couple, you yeah. know, out there. But it might be in a the movie theater and HBO Max because that's what they're doing now. That's yeah, like I don't know if it was if it was a commercial for the movie or the series. I think it's a series he's doing with him. So I just I just assumed it was on HBO. Huh. I gotta check that out. What's so, the name of it? It's the. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it's like the jerk. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what it's called. To tell you the truth, I just saw it and I knew right away. Um, but there's some of the characters are in it, but obviously not the same. You know, yeah, they're, they're younger. younger. Yeah. But uh, no, that, that looked really good. But other than that, I really didn't see any previews yesterday. That I, you know, was like, oh, got to see it. No predator movies coming in. No predator. Oh, and I'm out. No, no. I predator. leave. I leave the theater under those circumstances. I already had my Godzilla fix this year. Yeah. Now, the other movie I saw was the uh, Army of the Dead. And uh, I, I like zombie movies. I know you do, too. But uh, I like this one because it took place in Las Vegas. And, you know, 
We're big Las Vegas fans. <laughs> September the 10th through the 14th, we'll yep. be there. And uh, so, and Batista's in it. Yeah. So it was real. It was a. Re- it's your typical zombie movie, mm-hmm. but it takes place in Vegas. So. Well, you know, the, the one thing I noticed when I watched that movie, it was there was a, a chunk of that movie that was exactly like Aliens. Even down to the dialogue. Because if you remember Aliens, so this is the one when Sigourney, the alien, this is part two, right? So Sigourney Weaver goes in and Bill Paxton's there and uh, Paul Reiser plays the bad guy. So if you remember, Paul Reiser tried to infect uh, Sigourney Weaver and the little girl with the egg and, and so they could take them back. Right, right. So they get on Paul, because Paul Reiser's like the big corporate guy. So so they mention to him, they say, well, you don't see these things screwing each other over for a profit. And that was an exact line that they used in, yeah, in they, Army of the did. Dead. Yeah. And if you remember Vasquez, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was the Hispanic actress, wore the red he- headband in Aliens. And remember, she was a badass, and she had the big uh, machine gun shooting it. Well, the badass in this wore a red headband and had the big machine gun. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So when I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is like right out of Aliens, just just that little chunk. I wonder if there was any connection with the... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that. how long ago was Aliens made? Oh, man. That 80s, was, 70s? No, it was in the 80s. It was in the 80s for sure. But now, I bet you didn't know this. Okay. Now, did you know the helicopter pilot, the female helicopter pilot? Yeah, I saw in in the uh, Army of the Dead. Yes, in Army of the Dead. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, she the, looked familiar, but I all right. I her, didn't know. She, her name is Tig Notaro. She's a comedian, stand-up comedian. Now, here's the deal. I could see that in that movie. They had a guy whose name escapes me and is not important. They had a guy that played the helicopter pilot. And he got in a little trouble, some kind of sexual harassment trouble or caused trouble on the set. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into details on it, but he had some issues after the filming was done. So they brought Tig in and filmed all of those scenes. She was never with the cast. So if you start thinking back on the scenes that you saw her with, she did a lot of green screen work and a lot of work where she was just um, uh, talking to stand-ins and that but she was never with the cast i remember her on the roof talking uh-huh. but you know what i don't know if there was anybody it was nobody you ever saw with her like with the group talking there was a lot of shots filming her right. and then filming Somebody, the yeah, group yeah. yeah yeah but they brought her in afterwards and filmed her scenes like that so she was never like with the whole group the entire group yeah the wonders of movie making. That's why when, when somebody says, oh, I saw this video and, you know, Loch Ness is real. Well, Loch Ness is real. But when they yeah, say, oh, I saw this, this monster, and they go, I go, man, you know what they can do nowadays, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But, I, but, but Batista is really good. I kind of like him. You know what? He is. He, he, he's a pretty good. I mean, he, he was like more of a serious guy in this as opposed to, what's his name, Drac? Tracks in Guardian, oh, Guardian yeah, where he's kind yeah. of a he's a comedian almost in that. Did you see the one where he played with the little girl, the spy? It's on Netflix. You can watch it now. Nah, I don't think so. It's good. Is it? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, little girl. Uh, it's called Spy something. But see, uh, the problem is with Netflix. I have to. I only have twenty years left of life. I'll be eighty. I have to limit what I can watch because there's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> on there <laughs> that I won't have enough time to see it. So I had to pick and choose what I watch. <laughs> Steve always acts like he's got one foot in the grave. You know, when we all know he's got two. Two. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the name of the movie, but well, it's Spy is something. I'll tell you what else he's pretty funny in. It was called My Spy. That's what it is. My Spy. Uh, I'll tell you what else he's kind of funny in Batista. It's called Stuber, where, <laughs> where 
you know, he's he's a guy going through all of this. You know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, so, but he is this Uber driver who turns out, and, and Batista seen is, is a yeah. cop on the trail of yeah. a killer. You saw yeah. yeah, I've seen that, <laughs> that one. That, really, that was so yeah. silly yeah. that it was actually funny. Yeah, I've seen that one. You know what I think? I think we watched it on a plane. Because I watched yeah. it on a plane. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I think we were going to Vegas, and we watched it on a plane. That's why you should always take Delta. That's you know that's a good Delta. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah, we, we free should tickets because now who are we flying out on? Frontier. Oh, okay. But we should always take Delta. We we'll always take Delta. But because we're flying on Frontier. We're, well, we're flying on Frontier because Delta doesn't leave on a Friday. Remember, we want to get out there a little earlier. But we should always take Delta. We should always take Delta, <laughs> but unless we want to get out there a day early. <laughs> then take Frontier. Then <laughs> take Frontier. Because Delta's got the TVs and the chairs. And time flies when you're watching a movie. Well, you know Frontier is, 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 a, is a discount airline, so they don't have the movies, but they give you the movie script. <laughs> yeah, can, yeah, here, read you it. You can read it. Read it. Drink it. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll reenact it in the... The the uh, flight attendants were reenacted in the uh, in the aisle. <laughs> Everybody gets the same script. You know, I'm laughing. Somebody will do that, and it'll be the biggest hit ever. Oh yeah, you know, you know what I mean. I'm sure. So, Steve, you know, it's that time of the show where, because everybody's waiting for this. Everybody, at least I know one person that's waiting for this. Yes. It's time for me to do yet another 5K review. Okay, so as we all know, 5K review is when I complete a 5K, listen to a podcast that's new to me, and I usually put up a review on either Apple or Podchaser, most likely Podchaser. So I only have one this week. Now, I did several 5Ks this week, but it was a lot of people out there on on the track um, there's some construction along the track where I go, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of hard to listen to a lot of stuff. So I had like one. roller derby. It was, it, it was, it was like, it was like <laughs> roller derby. That's what it was like. The Bay City Bombers. <laughs> Psycho Ronnie Reigns. Yeah. See if there's anybody that remembers that guy. Psycho Ronnie Reigns. That was his name. The Bay City Bombers. Yeah. I, um, I think there was like six teams in the league. If that many. I do remember in the roller derby, (laughs) remember they had that woman. Oh, this is so cheesy. She was a real big, heavyset woman, and her number was 747. Remember? (laughs) remember? I don't remember that. Oh, my God. She was huge. They had to put that like on one of the linemen. I know. 747. So, this week's podcast is called Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. Now you know I don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. No, no scare. But this one, um, this one is good. So, uh, the way she describes her show, the host describes her show is a weekly true crime podcast that tells the stories of missing and murdered Black women and women of color in America. New episodes on Monday. So I listened, and here was my five star review on Podchaser. The show focuses on a neglected demographic in missing and murder cases, women of color. Host Amara presents each case in a factual, non-sensationalizing way that respects the victims and survivors. More true crime podcasts should adopt this approach. Listen, download, and subscribe to this important podcast. Again, it's called Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. And you can find this podcast everywhere you podcast. You can find her on Twitter at BlackGirlGoneP1. And, of course, she's all over, she being the host of Mara, she's all over social media. You can uh, find her anywhere you podcast. You know, true crime is, is huge on the, inter- on the Internet and on the in podcasting TV and yeah. everything. It I really mean, is. You can't go to, and, and people are fascinated. I watched something last night, Kids That Kill. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time I've seen that one. But you can switch any station, Cold Case, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. it there's a, um, well, any 2020 anymore uh-huh. is, uh, is it 2020? It's got the guy. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, so. the, and you know, people always talk to us. I'll give you guys a small peek behind the curtain. 
uh, you know, Steve and I spent years in the uh, legal profession. I'll just leave it at that. You know, different mm-hmm. aspects of it, but and so people of all when we tell people we have a podcast, the first thing they say is a true crime, because we could probably sit here and oh, do yeah. hours on true crime with very little preparation. Yeah, <laughs> just because of our backgrounds, but. For me personally, a lot of them that I hear don't respect the victims and the survivors, in my opinion. So when I find some that do, I tend to listen to those. I even heard one uh, a couple years ago. I don't even remember the name of it. I just know it was two people, and their slant on it was true crime, and I think they mixed drinks while they were doing it, and it became like a slapstick thing. Yeah, that's now for me. Can you imagine the parents of of somebody that's missing or murdered listening to something like that? You know what I mean. So that's just my personal opinion. That's my that's my uh, uh, public service announcement for the day. But this one, and there are a few others that I've already talked about. They sh- they don't sensationalize it, and they show a lot of respect to the victims and survivors. So so check it out. So, Steve, you know we're right in the middle of preseason. Yes, and matter of fact, we're going to the game next week. We're going to the game. So, that can only mean it's time for another episode of the Pre-Snap Read. Well, I I know you watched the game this week. I I taped it because I was working, so I got a chance to go over it a couple times. Um. You know, the, the glaring thing that stuck out to me was the defense. Our number one defense shut out Washington's number one offense, which is the second week in a row, our defense. Our number one defense has shut out opponents. Now, we lost the game, but, you know, you're looking at players here and there. So, And even if things don't work in the preseason, you're still handing the ball off to a running back, you know what I mean, just to see if he's right. going to make the team. So the thing that stuck out, one of the things that stuck out the most was our number one D versus the number one O of uh, Washington. I mean, we was all over um, Fitzpatrick. And we were all, you know, we hit um, Brady and sacked him last week. So, right. I mean, we should. I mean, we spent $250 million on the defense in two years. Right. And that's no exaggeration. If anybody out there wants to say the Bengals are cheap, they don't understand football. Now, yeah, those days are gone. When you, you might think the Bengals are behind in the times in the front office, which you can argue, and I might agree with you, with scouts and and you know the way they run their organization. But if you say the Bengals are cheap, no, you you can't swing that one by me. Yeah, that's that's an old argument. Yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, the Bengals pay big-time money. Um, I mean, they did let that offensive lineman go, but he's not worth $56 million to play guard. But anyway, you know, that was the, the thing that really stuck out to me, the, the defense. Number two, nobody got hurt, which is great, because you and I both know injuries can kill a team. In a heartbeat. Well, Burrow going down. I mean, we weren't going anywhere last year. What 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 was he when we went down? Uh, like four nine or something, something like that. So I mean, we weren't going anywhere, but um, we uh, you know you could tell the difference in the team. Number two, Jamal Chase dropped three footballs thrown right to him. Now I know it's the preseason, and I know everything like that. But, you know, confidence is what makes you in the NFL. His confidence has to be shot right now for dropping those balls. You yeah, know? But, but, but here we go again with, you know, I don't know. Is it affecting that much? It's not his first time dropping a football. No. But what will happen is suppose he open on a slant, Burrow throws in the ball and he drops it. Hey, is the quarterback? I might not throw to him anymore. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm looking. He's not my read. I'm looking. Look, I'm thinking in my head, he ain't going to catch it anyway. I know it's early. 
and I know we expected Jerry Rice. Okay, <laughs> right. that's what everybody when we drafted him we went Jer- Jerry Rice or AJ Green. Well, you know. Well, but here's the thing. It may not be. But here's the thing. Where did he come out of? LSU, right? LSU. Big program. He was on a championship team. Yep. So it's not like he was playing for the, the Bobcats or the Wildcats in OU. Right. You know, and nothing against them. It's just a smaller division program. And he didn't play last year. Right. He didn't play he last opted year. Out. So uh, here's a guy from a big program, champion, has been in, been on the big stage. That big stage is a little small, a lot smaller than the NFL stage, I get. So when we go out and draft these guys, it, not just us, NFL period, they say, oh, this guy's used to the big stage. We got to go and get him. All right. So we get this guy here. In our case, he is going to be catching footballs from a guy he's used to catching footballs from. So he hasn't caught a football from anybody but Joe Burrow in two years, right? Right. Okay. So then he gets here. So now it's a Friday night in August, and he drops three passes from the second or third string quarterback. And, oh, my God, his career is over. Not you, just the people talking. Right. Oh, my God, this was a bust. We should – are you kidding? He dropped three passes. Now, I'm not telling you, if he would have caught three passes – it would have been overblown the same way. Oh, man, he was three for three <laughs> on a Friday night against the third-string defense. You know, I just don't think it's that big a deal Well, what, what at all. What could happen is, you know, you got Tate, who's the fourth wide receiver. And because right now Boyd and Higgins are one-two, or Higgins and Boyd one-two, whichever way you want to go. Chase is three which doesn't mean anything. He's on the field all the time. But when you get a guy who continuously drops, and I don't can't say continuous. I know he's dropped. The, the thing had been even in practice, him dropping balls. That's concentration. That's mental. Right. Okay, that's not that you're not any good. That's a mental thing because we know he can catch. <laughs> right, right. But that plays with your own psyche that – here comes the ball again. Am I going to catch it? You right. know, it goes through your head instead of just boom, ball's there. I, I think it. I don't think it goes through your head on a Friday night preseason game. I mean, it's not like he dropped three passes across the middle in a when they were six and zero going against another six and zero team, and you know what I mean. And it was, and that six and zero team was the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I mean? And it's a Thursday night game, and now he's on the big stage, and this is for first current first place in our division, and he drops three against the Ravens. The no, n- it's not. It's, it's not, not the same. It's this, not the same. But yeah, you know what I mean? Who knows? But you got a coach who's on the hot seat, basically. I mean, don't you agree with that? Taylor's on the hot seat. He would be if I was running the team. Yeah, yeah. he's on the hot seat. Um. It comes down I, – I don't know if you saw the catch that Tate made, almost a circus catch that he made. Um, I'm putting the guys in who can help me keep my job. And, if look, he's on the team. Chase is on the team for five more years, four more years at least. You know, he's got a guaranteed four-year contract. I don't think it's that big of a thing, but if it becomes that big of a thing – you know, let's, let's put it this way. There's guys picked every year that are busts. That, that's, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope not. Yeah, but, but, but why do we, but why, how does, how do fans assigned, assign their worry? Because, because you, let's pick a game where Joe Burrow had a bad game. Okay. Nobody was saying, oh, man. No. Oh, Joe's going to be a bust. Oh, I hope this doesn't become a thing. Because they're saying, well, we know Joe can throw. We know he just needs time. So then, now these are in games yeah. where he had bad games. Yeah, he had some bad games. Now these yeah. are in actual uh, regular season games. So now, fast forward, Chase drops three balls in a meaningless in my opinion, preseason game, and it's, ooh, boy, I hope 
Hope this wasn't a buzz. Really? I, I don't understand how we do that. I don't understand well, how fans do that. Well, you know, he was supposed to be the deep threat, the replacement for A.J. Green, who never dropped the ball. You know that. A.J. caught everything that was thrown toward to him. Hell, he was a juggler. He caught everything. The guy that's going to take over is has dropped three passes that were thrown to him. Of course, the fans are going to be like, oh, my God, he dropped three passes. But you're right. It's not a game. Once a game, I mean, yeah. but he's only going to get the ball maximum ten times a game, Chase. That's a lot. If he drops the ball three times a game. In his, in, his, in his rookie year. Yeah, that's a lot. In his rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if Troy Aikman, I mean, I could look it up here. Troy Aikman probably threw 15 interceptions in his rookie year, but – Nobody was going, oh, I don't know. I think you give a quarterback a little bit more. Because like you said with Burrow, Mm -hmm. we saw games where Burrow was great. You know, if Chase shows us some games, all the games we've seen with Chase is he dropped three passes. No, he had a good first game. He He had a good first game. Well, they threw him one pass. So he caught 100% of his passes. And they threw it down (laughs) the line, you know, where nobody was going to hit him. Right. You know, it was just a step back. Mm -hmm. Just to get him a feel of the game. Mm-hmm. So they've thrown four passes to him. He's dropped three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Well, tw- twenty, f- twenty. F- do you do you think twenty five percent is a lot or not that much? I think that um, if twenty five percent is not that much, we need to up our Vegas split. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean a lot of people don't know what we're talking yeah. about, but I couldn't resist <laughs> that one. <laughs> I I don't want to put too much pressure, but. We got, a two, we got two main receivers, and we got Alden Tate. If he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. What the hell? What are you going to do? Right? Got to make it. Got to make it. Yeah, he'll I be mean, all right. We got guys that played wide receiver, picked in the first round. Yeah. They didn't make it. He'll be, a, he'll be all right. I mean, all we, all we wanted him for was to spread the, the defense. And he like said. Like John Ross. Yeah. Now, there's an issue. Is he still on the team? He's with the Giants. John Ross, I don't, uh, I don't understand, and maybe you could, because Steve, uh, Steve coached um, football forever. At, uh, he coached everywhere, uh, literally all over the world. No, he's coached, <laughs> coach Steve coached football. I, I don't know if John Ross's deal was him or he was used improperly. I think John Ross's deal was simple. Marvin Lewis didn't want him. And you remember the very first game Ross got in, they ran a reverse with him, and he fumbled. You never saw John Ross again hit the field. Now, if he's that good of a player, he needs to hit the field. Maybe what we're seeing with uh, Chase is, you know, there's more than just running routes. you got to know the routes, you know, obviously. Right. Uh, you got to know the playbook. And I'm sure with any rookie, the playbook is three times as big. And the t- he's got to learn all the new terminology. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, it's all about technique. It has nothing to do with skill level. It's all technique. Where at LSU, the, head, the wide receiver coach could say, Chase could run by everybody, but he might be using the wrong foot. To come off on, mm-hmm. he might not be cutting off his his um, you know his pass patterns. He might he, be rounding yeah. them off. He's not reading the yeah. keys, right? Yeah. So and but he can get by everybody, and Burrow could throw it to him. In the NFL, he can't get by everybody. And if you don't use the right technique, these corners, I mean, everybody's great in the NFL. Even if you're the fifty third man on the roster, you're great mm-hmm. football player. So, I mean, but enough of Chase. That, that's enough of him. I mean, he'll, he'll do okay. Well, he'll be fine. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not remotely concerned about it. Not at all. Not based on, on that game. I'm more concerned about – not concerned, but my bigger interest is the offensive line. Well, um, that's my bigger interest. Let me tell you this. Because I don't know what they're going to do with Billy Price. Uh, now, he has to play center now. Yeah, but I think uh, what's-his-name is going to be ready. Yeah, that's what, that's what my question is. Yeah, he's he. They're holding him out just like they are. Um, 
here, li- now listen to this. It, I'm, I'm reading this off Cincy Jungle. 33 times the Bengals dropped back to pass Friday against Washington team. And, and just like last week against Tampa, the offensive line put up goose eggs on sacks. 33 times they dropped back. They have no sacks allowed. Right. So the offensive line is doing their job. Now, I'm not so sure they're blowing people off the ball for the running back. Mm-hmm. But I would rather um, uh, stop the uh, the rush and not have Burrow get hit than run the football. You know, yes. that if we had to do two, two or the other thing. And, and the Washington defense played the whole first half. Oh, did they? Yeah. Or the whole first quarter. quarter. I don't re- yeah, I yeah, remember that. Yeah, they played that. the whole first quarter. And, you know, they got four first-round picks on their defensive line. Four first-round picks. And the they didn't get a sack. So, they're doing their job right now. Problem is, they keep putting new guys in different spots. They haven't got their five. They need those five guys mm-hmm. so they can get together. Locked in. Yeah. So they can work together, so they can get some camaraderie. And how does Price fit into that? He doesn't. No, he doesn't. It's Trey. When Trey gets back, yeah, he's going to be the center. Trey will take his spot. And I think he's supposed to play this week. Well, this week is going to tell a story. I don't I don't know what uh, Zach Taylor's plans are. I don't know if he's – I know they're still saying Joe's not going to play, right, which I personally believe is a mistake. But they're saying Joe's not going to play. Yeah, I think at, – At all. At all. I think he should play this week. I don't know if he should play the whole game, whole quarter, or what. But I don't but. know. Did you happen to read the article where, uh, you know, Burrow, the team, you know, you're not obviously not allowed to hit the quarterbacks, and you definitely better not touch Burrow with his leg. Um, the team, the um, coaches, so he gets used to being hit. When he drops back to throw, and he's eleven on eleven. The coaches are throwing beanbags at his legs. Really? Yeah, I never heard of that before. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're throwing beanbags mm-hmm. at his legs. Three or four coaches are and bounce them off. So he gets the feel of having the pressure around his leg. I mean, I get that, and I understand I understand all that. But, you know, he played a half a season in the NFL. He played – College ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's I guess it's just all it's psychological. All it's all mental. Isn't it's it? all mental with it. You know, I guess it's just like in boxing. You got to spar before he needs you to be hit and hit hard on his knee, yeah. and then realize that it's okay. Yeah. That's what he needs. But you can't do that during uh, practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah. We're talking about practice. I mean, we're talking about practice. No, I think he, I, I would like to see him at least do one series, you know, because here's what I don't want to happen this year. I don't want him to underperform in the first three games, whether we win or lose, and people say, well, you know, he didn't have a preseason. It's going to take him a few games. It's going to take him a few games to get hot, and then next thing you know, season's over. We're not in the playoffs, and they go, well – he played well for a guy that didn't have a preseason. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. No, they're going to have a tough game, too. They have up with Minnesota. And the defense needs has to stop um, – what's his name? Cook. Yeah. Yeah, Cook, I think it is. There's one other – there's two well, other well, players well, well, you I know what? talk about. But, but you know what, though? The, our defense, between the scheme and the, uh, and the talent, we should be able to stop Cook. But go ahead. There's two other guys I want to talk about that I thought – Look like now one of them obviously is going to make the team. Uh, the kicker McPherson, that guy's good. I mean, he's got a cannon for a leg. He does. I mean, he kicked one from forty yards last week over the net. Yeah. So I mean, you could take kicked one this week from fifty, that could have been made from sixty. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I hope that that is just a non-issue. Our kicking game. I mean. Yeah. Our field goal game, I should say. And then there's another guy who, if you can believe this, when I'm looking at the Bengals roster, they don't even have a picture of this guy. That's how of a uh, long shot he was. His name is uh, Darius Hodge. He's mm-hmm. number 44, mm-hmm. the defensive end. Right. 
he's got three or four or five sacks in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. He's this guy's got to make the team. I hope he does. I yeah. actually looked at him. And um, there's a corner number. I can't think of that corner. I should have known this before I came in. I wasn't expecting that. That he's got two picks already. Mm-hmm. Now, I know these guys are going against the second team. But Hodge, he looks – I mean, if you got you got um, – you got Hubbard and Hendrickson coming from the end. You got Osiah. And then if you can get this hot, that's four rush guys. Those guys we got in the middle are, first of all, that dude uh, from LSU that plays defensive tackle. Right. He's gigantic. He is. He is the biggest man I've ever seen playing he's football. Huge. He's got. They list him at 350. If he's 350. No, he's not 350. He, he, no. There's just no way. No. <laughs> you know. I saw him in the game this week against – they put him on the nose for a game against the center. Man, he pushed that center 10 yards deep. Like it was nothing. Like, yeah. Well, like, I, I don't think defense is going to be our problem. You've already you've already covered that. Yeah, it's I not, it's it not going to be, be our I problem. I think our defense could be good. <laughs> and I said this all along. All we got to do is move up to about 15th in the league mm. in defense. And we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's going to be a problem. Hey, let me ask you something. Yeah. What is your take? What do you? How do you? Uh, or have you given this any thought at all? Uh, the new situation with the jersey numbers this year. Yeah, you know. I think it's kind of it, it confuses me when I watch it. It does me too. Um, I was, I can remember playing in high school when right. you could only wear certain numbers, and you remember. They'd put guys on the end. They'd put another jersey on them. Right. Yeah. You could only wear certain numbers. Right. Um, I. So when you were on the end of the bench, did you have to ha- have a different number on or? Yeah, mine said water. Water boy. H two H two O was your number. H two O was my my but, number. But go ahead. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember. Uh, yeah, you had to change jerseys. Right. Now I think they relaxed the like. The teens for linebackers and things like that. Yeah, these guys are. I, I saw. Yeah, sometimes when I'm watching these, I get confused on who's who and who's doing what. Be, well, just because you're so used to it, you know. If you watch a lot of college ball, but I don't even pay attention to the numbers in the college ball. But but when you watch it, uh, when you watch the pro games, you're used to seeing certain numbers on certain people. And, it's going to be different this year. It's going to be kind of fun to, fun to follow how that goes. But, you know, the one guy that that we talked about, uh, I think me and you were just talking one day, is our long snapper, our, our man Clark Harris. Yeah. Right? You, did you know, did you know Clark Harris? And th- this is incredible. Coming into 2021, Clark Harris has had no unplayable snaps in 1,699 attempts as a bingo. So this, how, this how, guy's going to have 1,700 non well, not anymore. Oh, I just put the jinx <laughs> on him, didn't I? Put the jinx on him. He, he's handled 140 deep snaps in 2020 without an unplayable delivery. He's 37 years old, and this guy's been with us for 13 years. And you never hear about him, but you hear about him here. I mean, this, this guy's a rock. I mean, it's not – it, he, it's not even an issue. Our long snapping has not even been an issue. And that's what you want out of those special teams, guys. And that's what I was saying about the kicker. What, what is his name? McPherson. Yeah. Hopefully, it won't even be an issue. I mean, we've held our breath with Randy a couple of times. Yeah. We, I, mean, I remember we were in a, a bar watching the game, and an important kick came up and when they brought him out on the field we were all all of us at the table and tables around us was like uh oh here we go you know um i mean i hate to be like beat up on the guy but that was the truth you know and yeah. so i'm hoping now is just a vinatieri situation where the guy marches out there and you just like well okay I'm not worried. I I'll go to the bathroom or get a beer a beer refill because he's going to make it. He reminds me of Justin Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me. He's got a cannon for a foot. Yeah. Where did he come from? Florida. Florida. He was right. the only kicker this year drafted mm-hmm. in the NFL draft. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was the only one. 
We took him in the fifth round. Fifth round. I remember that, but I didn't know he was the only yeah. kicker. Wow. Oh, I hope this guy's a find. I hope he is a find. I mean, he looks pretty damn good. But. Y- you know, the, the, the kicking game just doesn't change that much from college to speed. I know. But, I mean, the goalposts are the same. Yeah. Kicking the ball is the same. Whatever happened to that dude that used to kick on YouTube, Kickalicious, they called him. <laughs> remember him? Yes, I do And he tried that. out for a team and then nothing happened. He do Remember he did all those trick shots? Yeah. Yeah. I Which, can't remember if he ever. You know, he tried out for a team, but he didn't make it. You know, when I first started watching football, guys were straightaway kickers. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Dempsey and those guys. Yeah. And then, uh, although the, the soccer style kicker came in in like the late 60s with uh, Pete Gogolak. I, re- I remember them th- talking on the broadcast about, well, here's one of those soccer style kickers. You know, it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I remember when the goalpost was on the, uh, the goal line. You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. People would run into them. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, so I think we're good there. But so the last preseason game is coming up next week. It's a 4 o'clock game or second game, late game, whatever you want to call it. Playing the the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what the Dolphins are going to plan on doing, but I'm hoping we get a good look at some of our guys and go on from there. So here's the jungle experience. You know, a couple of things. You know, the jungle, Bengal Stadium, Paul Brown Stadium, is going to be cash-free. Starting that game. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, no, no more cash in the jungle. And um, apparently uh, Elizabeth Blackburn is making all of these changes in the stadium. It's going to be more fan-friendly. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I want to see how all this goes. It's, uh, they have those uh, – they have the um, – oh, uh, uh, yeah, you know, they're going to have that section under the canopy. I think they call them the can- canopy crazies. Uh, where they have all kind of things going on during the game. It's going to be fun. I think you get, um, if you go to the Canopy Crazies, if I remember, I think you get $10 voucher for food or drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you get 20% off of your the gift shop. So you get you get some neat things. I think they stole, took that. They didn't steal it, obviously. They took it from the Reds. You know, the Reds are they're becoming a lot more fan-friendly. Um, so, you know, in the gift shop, if it's twenty percent off, then the jerseys are just an even five thousand dollars. <laughs> you get twenty percent off. Hey, I want to mention a couple of. I told you, every time we do a pre-snap read, I want to mention a couple of Bengals fans that uh, are good to follow online. It gives you a lot of insight and just fun people to follow. If you're a Bengals person, you'd like to know other people in the Who Day Nation, right? So here's one on Twitter. I got. I have two for you this week. Here's one on Twitter. It's Bengals UK. And you can find them at Hooday underscore UK. The home of the Cincinnati Bengals fan community in the UK. Oh, that's kind of neat. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Meetups, online tailgates, watch parties, podcasts, and much more. Hooday from the UK. So check them out. Uh, I see them on there all the time. It's pretty cool to have some people across the pond, you know, uh, to check us out. And the next one is Whitney. And you can find Whitney at Bengals Whitney, at Bengals Whitney. Uh, Whitney's a lifelong Bengal fan, Burrow believer, just here for the sports. I have enough team spirit for all of us. So you can find Bengals Whitney on Twitter. It's at Bengals Whitney, and Whitney is W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Yeah, so listen, uh, here's what Bengals Whitney posted last year, 11-4-2020. This is kind of cool. She said, I'm going on record with this tweet to say, although he's only eight games in, and regardless of our record, and despite the fact I am a passionate fan of many football legends, Joe Burrow is already my favorite NFL player of all time. Yep, I said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to like that attitude, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah, so check them out. Bengals UK and Whitney. Uh, you can find her at, at Bengals Whitney and at Hooday underscore UK. Just want to give a shout-out to those a couple people I follow online there. Well, I guess that concludes our Bengals pre-snap for this week. Next week we'll have a great story, uh, show because we have gone to the Bengals game. We'll give you some yeah. more insight. We might even. the fan experience. Yeah, we might even give you a little, uh, little mini-episode from the game. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Well, maybe after a couple drinks, you yeah. know, you know how that is. All right. Well, you got anything else on the Bengals? No, I think now, Steve, it's time to open the door. Uh oh, to the attic. All right, let's hear a story from the attic. Everybody knows the attic is our uh, supernatural, paranormal, paranormal uh, episodes that we do. Yeah, so you know, um, let me let me put on my uh, my attic mask. You know, it's a skull mask. I put that on. It gets me in the mood. I can understand. You know what I mean? So you know, Steve in Ohio, for some unknown reason we have dozens multiple dozens of stories about bigfoot or wolfman or werewolves now you remember i told the london werewolf story yeah. out of london ohio um which i believe was fictional because for you for the fans who are not uh, familiar if you go back and listen to our london werewolf story I tried to validate it because I know people in London, Ohio, and nobody had ever heard the story. Not one single person in London, Ohio, including a person that considers themselves a London historian. So I'm concluding that that was not a real story. Maybe they're just keeping it hush-hush. Yeah, it's just hush-hush. And then we not had... just hush. Hush-hush. That's like double secret probation. Yeah. <laughs> so then we had a story about in Defiance, Ohio, right? And that was the werewolf that was hitting people with a two by four. <laughs> yeah. Dugan. <laughs> Tough guy. You know, I don't know why I don't know when they started learning how to use tools, but so here's one that I heard years ago and I had forgotten about it. I'd forgotten about it. And I was sitting around doing some research on werewolves and werewolf stories. And I remembered it, and I punched it in, and sure enough, I found it. It's called Orange Eyes. Have you heard that? Orange no, Eyes. No. I remember hearing this story as a kid. I don't know where I heard it or why I heard it, but I remember hearing it. I guess I was always looking for creepy stuff, you know, when I was a kid. Uh, but, but anyway, the story kind of goes like this. So I got onto this website called, let me make sure I get it right, Cryptopia. Dot us cryptopia.us most of what i'm going to tell you is from that website uh, there's several websites that have this story but this one is the closest to the story i remember as a kid all right so apparently there's this giant orange-eyed monster who lived beneath a cleveland cemetery but after his home was destroyed he was unleashed okay so he's up in the mill lake area uh, of of Ohio and apparently he's been up there for decades okay at a lake well mill lake oh yeah yeah you know so so he's living under the cemetery and some for some reason it was destroyed and now he's running around loose okay there are many who claim that the legend of orange eyes dates back to March 1959 when three panic-stricken teenagers allegedly encountered a large bipedal hairless monstrosity that rose from a mist on a desolate stretch of country road, ironically known as Lover's Lane. Now, Lover's Lane is officially named Ruggles Road, and it runs along Charles Mills Reservoir outside of Mansfield, Ohio. And this is where the confusion begins, because for a while this region is the reported haunt of a hairy ape-like night stalker known as Orange Eyes, it is also the purported home of an even more bizarre, armless, web-footed, green-eyed, semi-aquatic enigma known as the Charles Mill Lake Monster. So apparently, there's two of them running around up Damn. there. You know, not one, but two. So, it, the, the 1959 accident, incident was likely a run-in with the Charles Mill Lake Monster. The first known encounter with the beast known as Orange Eyes would have occurred in 1963. Now, according to eyewitness reports, the creature appeared before a plethora of eyewitnesses who described it as being 11 feet in height and weighing somewhere around 1,000 pounds. Now, this monster is considerably larger than the hairy hominid reports, making old orange eyes a true monster to be reckoned with. I mean, 
I don't even think anybody ever described Bigfoot as being 11 feet tall. No, uh uh-uh. You know what I always think about? You know, you got these people who are fugitives, like on America's Most Wanted, and they find them. They track these fugitives down and find them. It's an 11-foot monster in the woods. Nobody can find it. Nobody can find it. All right. Now, the people who saw this wasted no time in arming themselves and forming a posse in order to ensure the beast's destruction. So these people see this monster, and they decide to round up a group of people. Now, I don't really know. I mean, if I'm sitting at the pad watching Netflix and they say, hey, we saw this 11-foot monster. Hey, you want to go out and catch it? I'm not going. No, uh uh-uh. All right, so their their efforts were met, as they are in so many cases, such as the 1973 search for the legendary Murfreesboro mud monster with failure. So they haven't found him. Let me go on. Okay. While the origin of this being shrouded in mystery, there are many who believe that Old Orange Eyes was once a docile and reclusive creature which dwelt in a tunnel in Cleveland's Riverside Cemetery. People assert that it wasn't until a highway construction crew destroyed the animal sanctuary in the 1940s that it was forced to move into the wooded area near Mill Lake. Where it became, There, it became more frequent contact with human beings and the attitude took a distinct turn for the worse. He's pissed off. Oh, yeah, sure. I would, too. He got gentrified. Yeah. That's, what, <laughs> that's what happened. This... <laughs> <laughs> So the next time somebody encountered Old Orange Eyes occurred April 22, 1968. It was said that a group of children spotted the beast near Mill Lake after dark and took chase armed with flashlights, baseball bats, and rope. So you out. I don't know why these kids had baseball bats and rope, but okay. What these children intended to do with a cornered beast of purported proportions is anyone's guess. And that's what I'm thinking. Well, what are you going to do if you catch an 11, 11 foot beast? At, at that point, if you're chasing, the guy's just, he don't have a home. He's running, hiding, and the kid's chasing him. I hope he eats him. <laughs> right. So, this, so the animal managed, managed to slip away. Now, that probably pissed off the kids, but the parents are probably really happy. <laughs> you know. What did you do today, Billy? Well, I tried to catch an 11 foot monster with I'm orange telling eyes. you, I wish you would have caught him. For them chasing him down. That's just, he, that's just not right. It's not right. The final recorded encounter with this creature was said to have taken place in June of 1991 when the creature showed up and presented itself to a pair of anglers who were fishing near Willis Creek. Now they were these ostensibly horrified, apparently anonymous eyewitnesses had the good sense to allow the beast to disappear without pursuit. So the fishermen didn't chase it. No. They were smart. Kids, dumb, fishermen, smart. Yeah. So although most witnesses agreed that Orange Eyes is an ape-like creature, there are some skeptics who make the dubious claim that this beast is nothing more than a fanatical hermit who has for the past 50 years apparently fooled locals into believing in this creature by nailing two orange bike reflexes to a stick and waving it around in the woods. So this is basically Scooby-Doo, where the guy keeps the people away from the cabin and dresses up like a monster. <laughs> so, Is that right? We've actually had so, an episode of Scooby-Doo. So, in this, if this is the case, he must be one dedicated, not to mention, spry geriatric hermit. A theory that seems equally as dubious as the existence of a gigantic primate. It's worth mentioning that on October 18, 1973, outside of Mansfield, Ohio, there was a bizarre green beam emitting UFO that had an alleged encounter with what eyewitnesses reported to be a military helicopter right in the same area by the Charles Mill Reservoir. While there is no direct connection between this event and Orange Eyes, one cannot entirely rule out the possibility that this glowing-eyed fiend might actually be from out of this world. To quote Giorgio, it may have an extraterrestrial origin. Giorgio. George, we got to get Giorgio <laughs> here. Whatever this creature may be, it's yet another in a long line of Ohio's extremely strange cryptid list, a list which includes such monsters as the Loveland Frogmen and the human-grasping Ohio River resident known as the Green Clawed Beast. I've never heard of the Green Clawed Beast. 
I've heard of the frog man. Well, Steve, it's funny you say you haven't heard of the green clawed beast because I'm sure on a future episode, oh, yeah. we'll be talking about the green clawed beast. You know, now, here's the thing that's when I read these, when I hear about these things, and when we talk about them on the attic, you have to figure something happened somewhere. Something happened. Yeah. Nobody was sitting around making this up. So something had to happen. So what do you think happened here? You think this is a Scooby-Doo situation where some guy tried to scare some kids and 50 years down the line this thing is still going on? What do you think happened? Sounds to me like Scooby-Doo, but what are they hiding and what are they trying to scare people away from? I I don't know. I mean, it, it just doesn't. Do you remember the Andy Griffith episode when they were tracking Bigfoot and it was Ernest T. Bass had on those big wooden shoes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ernest T. So say if you lived up in the woods by yourself. Okay. You're up, you're up there in the woods all by yourself and you got these kids coming over, um, you know, harassing you and all that. So you stick, a, you stick some reflectors on a big stick and you scare them away. And then you just let the legend roll on. Well, you want to keep you want to keep the kids out of your business. Well, Steve, Especially we the ones carrying bats and ropes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely want to keep them at bay. I mean, you know, we used to run around as kids and play in the, uh, you know, and well, we didn't necessarily play in the woods, but we'd run around and play. I've never had like bats, ropes, and flashlights. No, uh, uh-uh. you know, it was like you know what it reminded me of. Um, since we're getting, we're gonna fly here soon. Remember that person that got unruly on a plane a couple weeks ago, and they duct taped, <laughs> duct taped. So, the flight attendants have duct tape just laying around yeah, on the plane. What else do they need this duct tape for? And and apparently they're pretty good at using it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what's going on the friendly skies, and that's what I think about when I first heard about this. I'm thinking. These kids just got flashlights and baseball bats and rope. What do you do when you're sitting in your seat and you've been duct taped to it? What goes through your mind? Federal prison yeah. is what would be going through my mind. I mean, you think you think to yourself, man, what the hell did I do that for over a bag of peanuts? Federal prison is all yeah. I'd be thinking about, and I'm getting out of there. So you don't know. You don't know. So, if I told you anything in Ohio, anything in Ohio about werewolves or, or beasts that you believe something happened? Well, werewolves are real. So, we know that for a fact. But the other things, something had to happen for these to come up, these stories. I mean, now, the story could be stretched that they saw that the orange eyes was an owl in the tree. Then you tell somebody else, man, he saw some orange owl die. He saw some orange lights in a tree. Then the next guy says, the orange lights were 11 feet tall. You know. And then it's off and running. I'm sure it it comes from something, but not so much of a – there's no 11-foot tall people. Well, this thing now would be – A hundred. A hundred, you know. Well, I mean, if he – let's put it this way. If there's 11 feet – People walking around, they could be a hundred years old, because you know <laughs> they've already beat the odds. Yeah, and they're eleven feet tall. So, I guess you could be a hundred years old. I guess you can. So we're going to leave you guys with that story. We're going to wrap up here today and hope that you enjoyed our jam-packed episode. But Steve, what did we learn? We learned a lot today. Wow, way way too much. We we learned way too much. We learned that Steve is. In the 21st century now, because yes. he has Netflix. And we learned that he's never going to leave the house after today. Never. Because he's going to, well, he's going to leave on September 10th. Yes, yeah, September he'll come 10th. Back. He'll come back. We also learned that if you're on a flight from Europe to the United States, take a close look at everybody, because somebody may be a vampire. A vampire. Then we learned that no matter how good you were in college, no matter how many touchdowns you caught, no matter how well you did at the combine, you can drop three passes in a meaningless preseason game and your career is over. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> right. Your career is 
over, over. apparently. We've also learned that the Bengals may have solved finally yes. their kicking game. Yeah, and we learned that we're going to have fun at the stadium this year, no matter what happens on the field. Because right. Elizabeth Blackburn is going to take care of business. Then finally, as far as stories goes, we learned that there apparently is a 100-year-old, 11-foot, orange-eyed beast roaming around somewhere in northwestern Ohio. Mansfield? Yeah. That has managed to – well, that's not northwestern. That's more central. But has managed to hide, somehow, has managed to hide all of these years. So I'm going to dispatch Steve up there right after we record today to sleep in the tunnels of – Mansfield until he finds this 11 foot beast. I will do that. I'm going to take all those little kids with bats and ropes. <laughs> well, those kids are 90 yeah. now. No, that's true. Now they're old. But on an important note, we learned, learned that you need to listen to the Black Girl Gone podcast. One of my uh, 5K reviews. And then you need to follow Bingles Whitney and Bingles UK on Twitter. Follow them for all the Bengals information and um, get ready for the season. So with that, Steve, I think we're going to get out of here. I think so. Okay, I'm Kurt. I'm Steve. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.